everyone. Welcome to another episode of A Word About Wealth, a podcast where we tackle the often complicated world of money and finance. My name is Kevin. And this is Van. What we do here on this podcast is take a common sense approach to all things money. We'll do our best to define concepts, give some examples, and just have a casual conversation about finance. It is important to note here that we are not financial advisors, nor do we pretend to be. What we share on this podcast should be taken as general education and financial entertainment and should not be misconstrued as official financial advice. That's right. How are you, Van? Good, but kind of sweaty in here, though, I have to admit. Oh, I'm sorry. What happened to the KC? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is not a palace. Okay. Okay, I'll turn on the air. Yeah, probably, people probably doesn't need to know that I'm sweaty. All right. Yeah, we don't need to know. We got you, I got you some Snickers, though. You did. Yeah, it's very delicious. Thank you very much. How's the family? Um, I, I wish I could say they could do they'd be, they could do better. Um, actually, <laughs> what is that? The, the, well, the kids actually. The, um, my oldest one caught the flu. Oh, yeah. So not fun. we've been. She's been at home for. Uh, well over a week now, oh, and it's man. just poor girl. Yeah, I mean she, but she's she loves being at home though, so don't oh, don't she? feel bad for her. <laughs> oh, she <laughs> because because you, it's so funny because you know this is uh, very classic parenting, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you you wake up and they're like, "Daddy, I'm sick," uh-huh. and then you're like, "Oh, you get to stay home now." And then they just turn to dime oh, and just like dancing and doing <laughs> all that. And I'm like, "Come on, kid." <laughs> but are they? Um because your school's pretty strict about like missing days, huh? Yeah, they're pretty. I mean, I, I think a lot of that. I think a lot of school I districts are these that. days, and it, I, I know the reason why they're strict is because they're not getting the funding for each yeah. head, right? But I mean, it, we have doctors' notes, so what are they going to do? I mean, they send us to the. Yeah, yeah. I just can't imagine they want want kids with the flu coming into school. Yeah, like it, like God. I, I I, that's it. another topic. Kevin. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What are we talking about today? Yeah, how many? How's your family doing? I'm kidding. We're good. Yeah. We're good. I'm learning. Still learning to be a parent. You know, mm. almost nine months now. Man, you're, you're which is crazy. Man, you're like you know, probably like you know, over your head right now, right? Or lot, lot, lot on the plate, man. <laughs> lot on the plate, and uh, she's uh, can kind of start to crawl. She crawls now a lot. Starting to oh, stand wow. a lot now. So you know, I, I was joking with a lot of older parents, like uh, not older parents, but parents who have thanks a lot, children. man. <laughs> Sorry, um, I was like, oh yeah, it'd be great when they start walking. It's like so much easier, and they're like, no, 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 Kevin, no. like you don't know anything. It's so good when they can just sit there and not do anything right and i was like oh now i'm starting to realize that so i have to say it's it, it's a little bit of both because had, had taken uh, having taken care of your yep. kid and another uh, infant not too long ago there there is a uh, there's a sense of independence that the other uh, autonomy that yeah. the, the older kids have that yeah. is actually kind of nice like right. for instance That's like my oldest one you know she goes She's potty great. herself she yeah. washes his own hands and all that and i mean the younger one it's not quite there, but she can do most of it herself. Yep. You can kind of semi-direct her, but uh, for like you know people like your baby, like yeah. you have to do everything. You're like 100 yeah. percent is yeah. you. Yeah. you know, maybe 110 percent, yeah. right? Yeah, thanks, <laughs> thanks, man. Yeah, <laughs> no, so, I hear you. No. That, that's why I'm still learning how to, how to figure all that out. But, right, but it's good otherwise. What are we talking about today, man? We're talking about uh, car loans, actually. Um, right. I, I know <laughs> another sexy topic, right? Another you know, sexy first, topic. first budgeting, golden butterfly, then car loans. But yep. actually, actually, the the re- I thought this was actually pretty interesting because I, I kind of stumbled upon this Wall Street Journal article mm-hmm. um, talking about how the America's middle class can't afford cars anymore. Okay. And I was like, I I, I was like, what what is it? What do they mean by this? Mm-hmm. And 
it's actually titled Seven Year Auto Loan America's Middle Class Can't Afford Their Cars. And apparently, um, it, it was actually, I always thought that the biggest loan you can get for a car was 60 months. But mm-hmm. it sounds like now you can do like six years, seven years, wow. eight years. I mean, in some cases, like, I've seen like more, over like 85 months now. And I'm oh like, my oh my. It, yeah. It's like, you know, by the time, you know, by the time they're done with paying off this car, it's like, it's worthless. It, well, it's not only worthless, but, you know, it, it, it could have like a pretty major repair or something gotcha. like that, right? Yeah. So it's just, uh, to me, it just kind of boggled me. Yeah. So that prompted you to have this chat today. Yeah, yeah, because I thought it would be a good, interesting uh, conversation to explain, you know, yeah. kind of the, the pitfalls of uh, having a, a, a car loan. Because I think most people nowadays think that, you know, student loans, car loans, I mean, that, that's a part of life. But exactly. I mean, I'm here to tell you, it, it's not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there, there's ways around this, right? And there's a lot of things that I think people should be educated to know why um, car loans and student loans are very dangerous things yeah. and how, how much it would impact your wealth building. Yeah. Right. And I remember in our one of our earliest episodes when we first started, when we were talking about wealth and debt especially, Right. Um, we, we talked about how, uh, I think, auto loans, and in addition to student loans, were one of the sources of most people's debt. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, so actually, uh, I do have a, a, some fun facts for oh, you, Kevin. Oh, do you? So actually, right. I, 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 I'll call this the game time. All right, game time. Game time. Game time. All, right. All right. Okay, Kevin. Um, yes. First one, uh, 50-50 chance. Okay, true or false? Okay. In 2019, auto dealerships made more money on loans than they do on the sale of a car. That has to be true. No? Is that your final answer? It is my final answer, because I know, I know how you've... you've Preach to the choir to me too many times that car loans is 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 the worst. Right. So I'm assuming car dealers love it. It's, yeah, absolutely true. So yeah, according right. to JD Power, dealerships um, dealerships apologize make an average of three hundred eighty one dollars on a new vehicle sale. But That's it? yeah, yeah, what? I mean, on average though, on average, oh, wow. right? Oh, my and, well, I mean, if you if you bring in the master, they're, they're losing money. Oh yeah. <laughs> The master. <laughs> and but, folks, if you don't know who the master, it's our father-in-law. That's right. Yeah, he's he's fantastic uh, in in that realm. <laughs> but anyways, but, he's the one who brings the average down. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but for auto loans, um, it actually earns them on average nine hundred eighty-two dollars per wow. yeah per loan. Oh so that's goodness. that's okay. pretty. So basically, you know, more than double if you okay. think of it that way. Almost triple. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. So uh, next question for you, Kevin. Okay. What is the average size auto loan in twenty nineteen? Ooh. Yeah, so you was, mean in ter- terms of dollars? Right. So I'm going to give you. It's oh, actually this is multiple, multiple choice, choice, right? All right. All right, all right. So okay. um, A is it fifteen thousand? B is it twenty thousand? C is it twenty five thousand? Or uh, D is it thirty thousand? So average, uh, what was auto loan? Average size of auto loan. Yep. I'm going to say twenty five. 25. Was that one of the answers <laughs> that I could choose from? <laughs> yeah, okay. it was. It was. Um, you were incorrect, sir. Oh, okay. So it's actually D. Um, it's actually the average auto loan in 2019 wow. was th- uh, over $32,000. Oh, my goodness. That's nuts. Oh, my gosh. It's nuts. But I guess that makes sense because they're trying to get – they're buying a car they can't afford, huh? Uh, that yeah, that that and it's also there's also I mean we're gonna talk a little bit later yeah. why it's ex- so expensive but yeah I mean I, I was actually shocked when I saw that yeah. because I, I, I similar to you I thought it actually was around twenty thousand yeah but when I saw it, because I figured somebody let's say somebody buys a thirty thousand dollar car right. they'll have like a you know some down payments and all that so they may finance about twenty thousand but yeah you know, like it wow. seems like people are financing even more than that <laughs> okay all right so uh, question number three Kevin yep. How many American households can afford to buy a brand new car without a loan? And so, again, another multiple choice, okay? Okay. So, is it A, 9%, 
B, 18%, C, oh, 26%, or D, 42%. Without a car loan. Without a car I feel loan. like everybody I know has a car loan. I'm going to say A, 9%. 9%. 9%. Actually, conservative? you're kind of conservative okay. there. So <laughs> uh, according to this study, it's a, it's 18%, 18% of households. Okay. Yeah, you you got to remember. not that much, though. Yeah, I mean. 18%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's actually, I mean, and this is all through America, too, but I'm kind of curious to see if you cross-section that, like, you know, in, like, uh, Southern California or right, in, right, like, yeah, Wyoming yeah. and all that. What is that, that spread? Because hmm. it, it could be a lot worse, right? Because this is just yeah. average ac- all across. All right, so question number four, Kevin. Okay. In 2019, how many percentages of car loans have had a greater term of 73 months? So here I'm going to put, it's either 10, 20, 30, or 40 percent. 73 months would be what? Uh, almost five it's years six, plus. Six years. Six years. Six plus. years yeah. Oh. Well, I'm guessing this article seems like a new trend, so I'm mm-hmm. going to say... A. What was a. it? 10? So it's 10, 10% of, basically, is, are you saying 10% yeah, of I think car loans are more than that? 10%. That's incorrect, sir. It's wow. uh, it's thirty. It's actually about one oh third, so 30% gosh. are I've more never than heard 73. Of things that high. This is why, like, this article what? really sh- generally shocked me because I didn't think that people are taking this wow. much of a car loan out, right? Okay. Um, and yeah, I'm, it's, I'm not, I mean, and again, I'm not looking down on anybody here. No, it's for just, sure. To me, it's just these statistics just really shocked me as yeah. well. All right, okay. and last question for you for uh, to end our game time. All right, who concluded for this edition? Right, in 2019, what is the average monthly car payment in America? So I'm going to do is either 200, 300, 400, or 500 dollars. 300. 300. That's called executive decision. A little conservative there, sir. Oh, what? It was actually uh, over $500. Oh, $554 per month was the average. Holy cow. Yes. uh, Monthly car payment in America. So, again, it's. Average monthly car? Wow, I would have thought. My goodness. You know, to be. Wow, wow, wow. I mean, I would assume it was $300 as well because I remember. I'm just remembering when I had my first car loan, it was around $300. But I guess that was kind of. I'm just like. Well, sample size of one, right? Yeah, that's true. (laughs) All right. So yeah, that, that's that's the end of our game time. Wow. But I mean, it's pretty shocking, right? These yeah. figures. So that, this just tells us that basically, it just tells us that you know, really, people can't afford their cars anymore. It, it's, yeah. it's nuts. So what else did the article kind of say? What was the point of the article? Basically, it was explaining that it was explaining why Americans can no longer afford a car. So one thing was talking about rising car prices and uh, with stagnant income increases, yep. right? If you look at it, um, and because of that, because of those two factors, uh, you know, that's one of the main reasons why people are taking out much longer car loans and all that. These loan terms are so long. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, people trade in their car before their loan is oh up, so goodness. they're like upside down on the loan and all oh. that. So here's there's an example of a man in the article. Yeah, uh-huh. He had bought a Honda Accord for $27,000. So, I mean, very practical car, and the price was you know not bad, right? Yeah. But yet, he took out a $36,000 loan. And I was like, why did he do that? And the reason why he took out a $30,000 loan was because it, it was to cover not only the purchase price of $27,000, but yep. he actually owed $9,000 with two other cars that he still owed balances on that he, you know. So... So in essence, like what people are doing is kind of a cascading like, yeah. effect because it's just, you know, as they, when they don't finish paying off the loans, like they get another car because, you know, by that time, I mean, the car could be, you know, ruined and all that. They just keep stacking on these loans, one on top of another. And it's just, it's crazy. Oh, and, in this case, um, this gentleman, even though he had like a 1.9% APR, I mean, his total monthly payment was $523 a month. <laughs> just nuts. Oh, yeah, for a $27,000 car, right? I mean, for, for $523 a month, I I think I would expect to buy something in like the 40,000. Yeah. 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 So it's just, yeah, it's just kind of crazy to me. Wow. Okay. 
Another interesting stat they said was the median in, uh, based on the median income household in America today, you really shouldn't be buying a car that is more than like or getting a loan for more than eighteen thousand dollars at four years. Yet the average auto loan now is again is thirty six thousand at six years. Oh yeah. my goodness! So, why do you think this is happening? They explained a few reasons. So uh-huh. one, because after the uh, you know the Great Recession, right. right, the Fed lowered their interest rate basically down to almost zero, right. right? So these low interest rates basically made financing a lot more attractive, right? Because in, if the interest rates were high, then more most people probably wouldn't finance right. as much. They'd probably just either save up a pretty sizable down payment or just pay cash altogether. But if you're getting like you know zero point nine zero percent or yeah. you know two you know, percent APRs, then I mean it, it sounds it sounds very attractive, right? And yeah. people when, unfortunately when people do that they end up buying something more than they could afford because they're looking at the monthly payment exactly, only right, right exactly <laughs> yeah. yep. and then but if you look at it from a more macroeconomic scale so a lot of time wall street investors it, they look at safe havens by uh, investing in the us treasuries and all that but when us treasuries offering like zero, next to zero like they're looking they, now they have to look for other safe havens mm-hmm. so one supposed safe haven was basically auto loan bonds and all that so basically you know because a whole bunch of people were rushing towards that because with auto loans you're getting more than what the federal government can give you. So people were kind of rushing into that gotcha. too as an investment as well. So I would imagine this created a nice boon for the auto market. Absolutely. Industry. Yeah. I mean, you, you remember the bailout that happened back yeah, in 2008? Right. A lot of them quickly recovered after yeah, that, Yeah, they right? did, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, and I think they also explained that cars were getting more expensive as gotcha. well. Because most people these days, I mean, you, you include it, right? Yeah. I mean, when you're buying a car, what do most people look out to buy? Like what kind of car would you say? I mean, SUVs always comes to mind. Exactly, right? right. I mean, most people, they, that's like the, the first thing they think about yeah. when they think about new cars. They, they, nobody really thinks about sedans or wagons or, you yeah. know, compact cars anymore. They, they want their SUV, yeah. right? And also, like, if you look at all the features that are in the car these days, right, it's kind of nuts. Yeah. Like, a Honda Accord, to, if you buy one today, it's it's a really nice car. Yeah. I mean, it has all these features that was top of the end uh, features that on BMWs, you know, a couple years ago. So cars are just generally more feature-packed. And then there's also more safety, better quality, and all that, right? I mean, that, all this is really contributing to a more expensive car in general. And then you have a note here about dealerships' profit margin has also has to play uh, is playing a part here as well, right? Correct. We were saying that you know it, it's like less about almost one third, like it was three hundred dollar like right. uh, average profit for yeah. a, a car sale. So you know as these profit margins continue to shrink, they they have to find other ways to make that profit margin back. This is where they start bundling in like you know extended warranties and all this into the loan. And because you know if I told you like this this extended warranty is like you know three thousand dollars, but if you add it into your loan, it's like an extra like you know twenty five dollars a month. Yeah, I mean, like, oh, oh yeah. What would you think, right? Yeah, I'd be like, oh, anytime I, something happens, you'll take care of it. You know, it's like, oh it's, yeah, exactly. So I mean, it just it's just another way for to kind of proliferate um, the use of these car loans. Gotcha. Right? Wow. I mean, you know, I'm I'm kind of curious right now. I mean, so that's kind of the the, the summary of, of what the article I said. But I'm kind of yeah. curious, what, what are your thoughts right now, Kevin? Well, I mean, as someone who uh, most of our cars have been on car loans, yeah. <laughs> um, definitely feeling like. I'm surprised, I guess. Okay. Uh, I, I definitely didn't think that there was people doing loans for seven years. Yeah. I, I find that bizarre. Um, not that, like, to your point, not like we're judging. I, I, I'm more disappointed in the car dealerships letting, you know, that these are part of the problem sometimes that creates debt in America. Right. It, that it, it's almost looking for these margins to, 
you know, exploit people with, you know? Absolutely. It's almost a little disappointing. Predatory in a yeah, way, right? Right, yeah, right, exactly. And yeah. you know how I think about buying cars and the sure. whole like uh, um, the how why why is car buying still this archaic model of negotiation? I know right. there's more people like whatever CarMax now and all that, but it seems like every industry has changed. But this seems to still be this kind of very old school way of doing things. It, it is, and I, you know, as a guy who's a complete car enthusiast, I think it's ridiculous. I think it's a yeah. stupid way of purchasing something. I mean, everybody should really follow the Tesla model. I yeah. think and just set. I like that. Just set. You know, I mean, I everybody needs to make a profit. That's yep. fine. Yeah. Just set a, a fixed profit yeah. and then set your price so that everybody pays the same price. And yeah. that's, that's fine. But, I, you know, I speak to other people and they're like, well, you know, so you're basically saying that you should let people who can't negotiate. Basically, like, you know, people who can't negotiate or who don't do their homework, you know, they should, you know, they kind of deserve to pay more. But I'm like, yeah. no, like, yeah. you know, this is a car. I'm not, I'm not trying to. <laughs> yeah, it's not like a mutual, like mutual gain, you know, exactly. game here. But. Right, right. I mean, I'm not, I understand for things like, let's say uh, when you're remodeling your house, I mean, there's a lot of different factors there, sure. right? But yeah. when you buy a brand new car, it's the same sheet metal yeah. that everybody else is buying. <laughs> just, just give it, you know, yeah. just offer the I same like, price to everybody. I like, right? you should uh, be the leader of that. Yeah, but. Did you did you did you agree with the article? I mean, I guess there's nothing to agree or disagree. Right. But more of like, did you feel like it was taking a, a certain approach that was maybe a little bit like maybe they're just using broad brush strokes on an industry? Or did you really think that hey, this is pretty crazy? I, no, well, I mean, there's really like I said, there's really nothing. To, it's just a bunch of facts that they provide, and they didn't really provide any opinions and all that. But if you were to ask my opinions, it's just to me, it, it just shows that it's a. It's a model that you can't really sustain, right, yeah. anymore. Because I, I can't imagine that this, this guy probably by the end of his seventy-two months, when his Honda Accord is about ready that to sucks. die, you know, he's gonna probably put go in and you do know do the same thing yeah. again and stack oh, another third goodness. unpaid oh. car loan on top of his new one, right? So it's gonna be he's probably gonna have a six hundred dollar car yeah. payment the next time around. So it's just. I mean, it just it just shows how broken the system is. Yeah. I have to say, and but the thing is, I think because of all the marketing and all the um, predatory lending and all that, I mean, people think that this is the only way, right? I have to get a new car, exactly. and I deserve a new car. And all I, the I, advertising, I, all that tells you that. I can tell you this, people, like you know, <laughs> you do not. Nobody deserves a new car. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Preach, brother. Right? I like. It. I mean, and, and it's not to say that because people when they say they deserve it, it's kind of like you know, it's like God's will that yeah, I, right, I have right, a new right, car right. or like I've worked so hard. And to deserve it, but no, I mean, to me, like people think that if I can afford a car payment, then I could afford a car. And I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell you right now, like to me, if you cannot write a check to pay that entire car bill, that tells me you cannot afford a car. Right. And that's just to me, that's very black and white, right? Yeah. And it's nothing personal. It's nothing that I'm not trying to attack you or anything. But I'm just saying that if you keep thinking of the idea of I'm just gonna have a car payment the rest of my life, it's just. Yeah. I don't know. It's just it, it, there's just so much you're giving up there yeah. when you do that. It's, it's just such a bad step, or not a bad step, but it's such a, a an impactful step on building wealth. Exactly, you know, and, and in a not good way. <laughs> right. And uh, let's put it this way. I mean, me as being a car enthusiast and uh, and also like of a course. finance enthusiast, yeah. those two sides always conflict to each other. Yeah. But I feel like I find other ways to find fun, right? Yeah. Have fun, right? I mean, especially buying used, like lightly used cars that are fixing it up, yeah, and, you know? and yeah. kind of making it my own and all that. And it's just, I mean, there's always solutions around this right gotcha. yep 
So let's let's hope that uh, this gentleman may be listening to us. Sure. What would you tell him um, or her about, I guess, some of the pitfalls of getting that car? Loan? Right. So first of all, I'm going to say that $523 a month is a lot of money to to be putting towards a depreciating Holy asset. Cow, yeah. And to me, like, yeah, I never think that cars are is an investment by any means. To me, it's it's a tool that you use to go to uh, commute to work, transport, uh, yeah. you know, to transport your family anywhere you need to go, buy groceries, and do whatever you need to do. Yep. So if you think of it as a tool, then that, that's probably the best way to think of it, right? You, you spend it once and, you know, you don't care really care about the depreciating part, but most people kind of think that, oh, I'm, I'm putting money to as an investment yep. in this car, which is stupid. But in any case... Uh, um, so I kind of did some math. I was like, okay, let's let's say if I didn't have this five hundred twenty-three dollar car payment, and let's say I put that into um, a mutual fund, S and P five hundred instead, um, for seventy-two months. So at the end of seventy-two months, instead of you know having my car paid off and you know having the car worth like maybe a third of it, what it was worth, you would actually have about fifty-two thousand dollars in your bank account. <laughs> oh, right. So that tell, you know so that's what two cars. <laughs> yeah. So that is that is the opportunity cost that you're giving up there, right? It's almost. Uh, like what was like sixteen thousand? I don't know the math there, but you're giving up quite a bit of money yeah. um, in your in your wealth to basically put down uh, put money down on this car. So. Can you kind of walk us through how a dealer looks at some of these loans? I mean, in some ways, why do they say, oh, 0% APR right. or, or, you know, uh, no money down, all this stuff? Like, what are they, what is, unpack that for us. A little right. Bit. Well, I, I, I can't say I'm an expert in that, but from what I've read, um, it just seems that, you know, the 0% APR is usually because um, the, uh, so the dealership and the and your manufacturer are two separate entities, right? So the dealership still has to purchase these cars from the manufacturer. So a lot of time with these 0%, like they're getting some sort of kickback yeah. from the from the manufacturer to mm-hmm. like push it. So the more volume they get, like the more, I guess, kickback they would get as well. Got and um, these zero downs, I mean, it's just a way just to kind of market and bring people in yeah. so that that way it seems like, you know, it's such a good deal, right? And that you can't pass up. But in a way, it's, it, it, at the end of the day, it really is a marketing ploy yeah. to, for somebody to buy a car. And, does it, and it really gives off that illusion <laughs> that you can actually afford a car. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And especially, you know, when you stretch out those terms where my wife and I are in a position, a fortunate position where we never, um, we don't need to uh, finance, finance yeah. a car, uh, car purchase. But I know a lot of people out there who make a lot, um, you know, make a lot less and they may not have the means to do that. But still, like, I, I still urge even for those people to like find a way to uh, pay a car cash, you know, and cause, because to me, like most cars these days, most modern cars these days are very reliable. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the, I, I mean, the car I have right now um, the, is a 2007 Acura TSX. And that thing, you know, I just change it oil and just replace you know, some things broken here and there. But it's still like, um, still, what is it, like a 12-year-old car now? Yeah. yeah or no, it's a 13-year-old car 13, now. Yeah. yeah. So, and it's running like a champ. People thinking that, you know, old cars are not reliable, I, I would call BS on yeah. that. Now, there's ways to get around it, which I'll explain later. But it's something that, so I think people should get that out of their heads and just get something that's, you just get something that they can actually afford with cash, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any other pitfalls, man? Yeah. So um, I, yeah, let me see here. So, I mean, we talked about the risk to your financial health, right? right. So, I mean, most people, you know, they have, a, you know, some people also have a mortgage, student loans, and credit cards. Yeah. If you add car loans to that, like, where is there a room to build wealth, right? right? And then if you look at most wealthy people, the one thing that you, you see, the one common thing that you see with most wealthy people, and I'm not talking about like the um, the rappers that you see on TV oh, yeah, and yeah. all that. I'm talking about like real, like ordinary wealthy people, like you know, like Caleb. Yeah. 
these guys they don't have debt. Yep. I mean, they, they uh, their cash flow every month is very high, and they have a very high savings rate. And they, these guys probably, you know, I don't know if, um, if Caleb bought his car with a loan or not, but I, I would say most people, most of these guys, typically just pay probably cash for yeah. for their cars, right? And and they don't buy extravagant. Uh, I mean, right. somebody like Caleb. Most people in his position probably would buy Mercedes or right. something like really, really expensive. But man, he, he bought a Honda Accord. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and the guy who is in this article, I'm thinking he either should have kept those other two cars yeah. or bought something that was like maybe like $10,000. Yeah. Yep. So it's, yeah, I mean, because a $10,000 car is still gets you around. I mean, yep. there's, I think it's complete BS when people say that, you know, $10,000 car is, no, is not reliable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then even towards the end of the loan, sometimes you could have a, like a major repair bill or something. Absolutely, right? yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. I, I, mean, I forgot to mention this. You're aware of this, right? So our, our in-laws, um, they drive a Mercedes, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, like, uh, imagine if they had... <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, what was I going to say? So, yeah, because to the end of, repair, uh, of the loan, you can have a major repair bill. Like in this case, um, our, our in-laws had like a Mercedes that w- the bills were about $10,000, but the car was only worth like 14000 Oh. Right? So, I mean, in that case, like, you know, luckily, I mean, in that case, they had an extended warranty to cover all that. Sure. But like, could you imagine like if you yeah. had like, four, like if you still had um, like a $16,000 loan and then you had to, you had a $10,000 repair bill, like what, what are you going to do yeah. with this? Yeah. You know, I mean, you basically probably have to walk away from that right because there's no way you can afford not only continue putting down payment and then pay that ten thousand ten thousand dollar bill and all that it's just not worth it yeah exactly so what are some best practices then van for us uh folks that are thinking about getting you know they're saying hey i i I need a car for work um i understand it's not great to get a loan but I can't afford it, but I do need a car. What What would you say for those kind of right. folks? I mean, I, I have to say a lot of these things are going to be things that people would think, you know, they probably would be upset at me for yeah. saying. But again, get a used reliable car, folks. Be the guys who, you know, be the ones that are, who can capitalize on somebody else's loss. Yeah. <laughs> so that way, you know, you don't have to hit, take that depreciation hit. And, you know, if you're worried about these uh, cars being unsafe um, or unreliable and all that, um, definitely get a pre-purchase inspection. Okay. If, especially if you buy from a private party, that's pretty easy to set up. And even if you buy it through a dealership, I mean, just tell them, look, I'm not buying the car unless you do a pre-purchase inspection. Like, what, what is a pre-purchase inspection? It's just um, the pre-purchase inspection is you're basically having a, a third-party mechanic okay. go and inspect everything to see oh, if everything right. is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right? excellent. And okay. usually that doesn't cost more than between 100 and 150 bucks. Cool. So it's not much pretty, pretty small. Very uh, reasonable. Yep. And something smart to do, it sounds and then, like. And then the next one is uh, save up cash for a car. Yep. <laughs> and, and this one, I think it's very controversial because auto loans are just so normal in, t- in today's society, yeah. right? And I mean, I know, I'm not to poo-poo on you either, but I mean, I know you have auto loans right now, or? Uh, we don't have, we, uh, well, well, for the company. Right, right. Right, yes. Gotcha, yep. gotcha. But in any case, um, but I mean, that's that's more for a business standpoint. For so business that's, standpoint. that's completely personal, different. Yeah. For, I mean, if you're, this is your personal car, like, you know, definitely save cash for a car. Yeah. Right? Um, so that way you don't get stuck with paying uh, 36000 for a yeah. Honda Accord. <laughs> yeah. And then um, another thing is don't buy the extended warranties. Um, I, although I do have a ex- uh, caveat here. Um, I will only buy extended warranty for a German car mm-hmm. because I think if you bought like a, uh, an Audi, a Mercedes BMW, more than likely you're going to you're gonna use that warranty. So that would be my exception. But if you're buying like a Honda, Mazda, Toyota, no, I mean, those cars are known to just run. So, I, I mean, and in the chance that you, let's say like you're like, well, I need, I need that peace of mind, right? Because I helped my friend buy a Mazda like maybe three weeks ago. And 
we were in the finance office. Uh, they were going through the, all the things to buy, and they're like, you know, they were really, they spent a lot of time trying to push for the extended warranty. Oh, I bet. And then yeah. the guy, and then I think he was about to tr- pull the trigger too, but he looked at me and was like, what do you think, Van? And I, I just nod my, uh. I shook my head like this. <laughs> so don't do it. And then when they left, he was like, well, why did you ask that? Uh, why do you, why should I get it? And I'm like, well, let's put it this way. Like, when you were buying the car for the, the first salesman, it was like, oh, he, he was touting how reliable this car was. Yeah. And why why would this person like want uh, really push real hard on this extended warranty, right? And I was like, I told him that extended warranties are a huge profit margin for them. Right. And, you know, they're there to scare you, to make you kind of feel insecure about your purchase and, and all that. I even told him this, like, if you if you really want to have a peace of mind, just put that monthly payment, what you would have paid towards the um, extended warranty, just put that in the bank yeah. every single month. Smart. And then at the end of, like, you know, whenever you need that warranty service um, you'll have the cash yep. to do whatever you need That's to fix it <laughs> so it's just, just do you that. don't need to fix it you got money saved up exactly right. so yep. win-win right another best uh, best practice I think this is a little bit um, not intuitive but finance the car to get the best deal and then pay it off immediately mm, okay right because remember before like you know dealerships think that you know they get the most profit margins um, by financing so you can give them the illusion that that you're going to finance it that way they can you can get the you know the lowest price in the car and then because you know when i was shopping around for a car i was actually kind of shocked that that you know when they kept asking me are you paying cash or are you going to finance and i was like well, what does it matter and they're like yeah. and i was like what's going to and i asked him what is going to give me the best deal and he's like if you finance i was like okay and every single dealership said that it explains why right because they make a lot more in the back end a lot of times there's really no penalty to pay it all like yeah. early so just finance the car just to get like shave off a couple hundred bucks and then when you get that bill to pay it off very cool <laughs> yeah the last best practice i hear is a uh, oh, is a little I bit like this one. a little bit of a plug but uh, you know we, we actually had a very pretty comprehensive car buying guide in episode yes. 12 and 13 so definitely take a look at that and i think you know we we, we lay out a lot of really good tips there as well very smart yeah. i like that thing <laughs> you stuck up on me a little bit there. um well then i mean i guess the last thing here van i mean when we say okay let's save up cash to buy the car right some people i mean it's like it's hard, right? It is. How do you do it? How do you do it? Um, like, what, what? Do you have any tips for or advice on that piece? The thing is, I mean, one easy way to look at it is like, in a case where like you know you don't have a car going, you know, you, you, let's say you don't have a car today, and then right. you have to, um, you don't have enough money to purchase a car. I mean, to me, I would just buy the the cheapest car you can afford. Like, even if it's a thousand dollars, I would just buy that car. Got it. And just then, get by. and then, like, yeah. you know, let's say, like, um, you know, uh, the p- uh, payment, like this in this gentleman's case, like, you know, he has a five hundred dollar payment, right? Instead of putting five hundred dollars and give it to the dealership, just put that five hundred dollars and put it in your bank account yep. every month. Yep. And then, by the end of like the year or something like that, I mean, that thousand dollar car may not last that year, but then at the end of the year, you should have like, was it six thousand dollars that yeah. you can do that with? So, and then at that point, you can sell that thousand dollar car and then buy a six thousand dollar car. Yeah. You know, and you can keep trading back and forth because if you think about like a five like um a one thousand dollar car and a six thousand dollar car in a year it's not going to depreciate that much so it's going to depreciate maybe a few hundred dollars if that but if you buy a brand new car like a thirty thousand dollar car after the first year i mean yep. you're going to be losing thousands yep right so that that trick of you know it's not going to work on a brand new car but in a used car it, if you kind of work up to like a car that you want, then yeah. it's fine. <laughs> yeah. But I admit it's not a popular way of doing it. Not and, easy, right? And, and I'm, I kind of took that playbook out of Dave Ramsey. So that, gotcha. that, that's definitely not my original idea. But I think it's it's a very painful process. But I think it kind of teaches you and helps you build the discipline of not 
financing and just paying with cash in general, right? Yeah, because that seems to be the easiest route sometimes. Exactly. Because it's the least painful from a financial standpoint it is. at that time. But right. actually, it is very painful um, over the, the wealth building process, right. I guess. Right. right? And, and I even say, even if you end up financing, I mean, I, I'm not saying everybody should listen to what I say, but even if you end up financing, I mean, get something that doesn't require you to pay it off in like six years, right? I mean, yeah. I would say, I mean, three years, one year is fine, but yeah. I mean, get, get something much smaller terms. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, anything else to add, Van? Um, that was great. Yeah, that's uh, that's all. But anyways, yeah, that's you know all this. Uh, you could tell like, all these emotions stirred up when I was reading this article. But <laughs> well, uh, that's great. I'll leave it. I'll leave a link in the in the show notes as well for this article. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Uh, I thought it was a good uh, timely episode. Um, I'm sure for people beginning of the year, maybe right. looking for a new car. Yeah. you know, deals coming up and all that. So keep those tips in mind. I don't know. We don't want to be. Uh, uh, kind of <laughs> down on you right. for doing all this, but um, I think it is very important from a wealth building standpoint right. and, to keep these in mind. And the way I see it is, um, you should emulate others that are you know you want to emulate. And like if you want to emulate broke people, keep doing like you know uh, the, the loans and all that. Yep. But if you want to emulate you know successful uh, wealthy people, then I mean do the exact opposite, exactly. right? Cool. Mm -hmm. uh, Van, where can people reach us if they have some additional questions? Sure. If you have any uh, additional questions, or in this case, hate mail, <laughs> you can email <laughs> us at awordaboutwealth at gmail.com. Um, you can also, yeah, I mean, again, like uh, if you have other topics, I mean, yeah. it, it, I if you have other topics, like, we'll basically put it at the top of our list yep. to do. So uh, keep them coming and yeah, uh, definitely send us whatever questions you have. All right. We'll talk to you later. Take care, everyone.